Welcome to Divorce Redefined, changing the experience of divorce with Cindy Stibbard. Cindy is ready to have those candid and unfiltered conversations so you know how to move forward in your marriage. You'll hear inspiring and insightful discussions surrounding this taboo subject to help you feel confident in your decision. Now, here's your host, Cindy Stibbard. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Divorce Redefined, Changing the Experience of Divorce. I am your host, Cindy Stibbard. I am so grateful to those of you who continue to tune in every week with us, whether it be here on the live show or over on the podcast, I wouldn't be doing this without all of you. And also, if this is your first time tuning in, I'm so glad you're here because here is where we have hard conversations. We are all on this journey together of bettering ourselves and supporting each other while doing it. And honestly, we all feel like we don't know what we're doing sometimes. So that's what we're doing here. In addition to digging into talking about hard things like divorce, this show is to give you some guidance, some direction, some insight, and even some inspiration so you can become more informed and educated on all the different pieces of whatever life challenge is in front of you so you can start to put those pieces together in a more empowered way. Today, we are going to be talking about step families, blended families, life after divorce, life through divorce, and the challenges that come with that. Perhaps for me, the best advice I ever received as a co-parent through my divorce, and I think it was from my therapist, was that kids will be drawn to parents who provide for their needs. That does not mean financial extravagance. It means structure, parental expectations, physical care, safety, emotional support, discipline, joy, amongst all those things. And since being a single mom myself and also having quite the presence in the lives of my partner's kids, we have found this to be overwhelmingly true. Parenting is hard enough in itself, but parenting for a remarried or a recoupled parent, holy moly, that is a whole different beast. For the most part, first-time couples usually have the opportunity before the arrival of their kids or early on as they're raising them together to become familiar with some of their similarities and differences when it comes to raising kids. This isn't usually the case for remarried couples who may find themselves immediately clashing over ways to educate, discipline, and care for their kids in their new stepfamily. And even rules and expectations and boundaries around parenting can be vastly different. Truth be told, the step-parent and stepchild relationship can present a whole whack of issues, which can be really complicated when there's the intrusion of a biological parent, let's say, or even maybe even jealousy and rivalries experienced by stepkids who might resent the interference of a step-parent or even step-siblings in their house. And the list goes on and on. No matter what the circumstances are, Divorce and blending families after divorce is really difficult. It takes time to form a healthy relationship in a blended family. So when you're attempting to do this while helping to raise children, it takes a lot of extra work and care. 
Today, we're going to be digging into this. My very special guest is an expert in step family dynamics. She helps moms, stepmoms all over the world learn ways to best manage their own step family lives. And not only that, but to empower them to give them to have live themselves a kick ass life. Jamie Scrimger is a mom of one and stepmom of three, with kids ranging in age from seven to 19. She creates digital content about all things parenting, step parenting, entrepreneurship, and living a kick ass life. As a life coach with a specialization in step family dynamics, Jamie is also the creator of the highly acclaimed digital membership platform for stepmoms called the Exclusive Stepmom Community. And she is the host of a top charting podcast called the Kickass Stepmom Podcast, which I have to say personally, it is amazing. And I do listen to it every morning when I work out. Jamie uses her personal professional experience to support women in living their best life. So welcome to the show, Jamie. Thank you so much for having me. It's so nice to be here. And I really appreciate you taking the time to be here with us because I know that our listeners will gain so much of what you offer and what you do because you offer something totally unique to people like myself in, in divorce and that whole element of what happens after divorce. And as you moved into creating a new family, then what, right? Right. It's definitely more complicated. Yeah. So tell us, tell my listeners, um, how did you become, you know, do you do, what are you doing, what you're doing now and how did you get there? Yeah. So, you know, we, we create what we need. Right. And I think those are, that's how the best ideas start. So when I was 26, I fell in love with a recently separated dad of three and went all in. Like we really had this like whirlwind love story. And, you know, I was a child of divorce and I have a background in psychology and social service work. I had worked in uh, a lot of families who were dealing with custody and access situations. So I really did feel like I had the knowledge to just I was going to be a good stepmom, right? Like mm-hmm. how hard could this be? <laughs> and I quickly realized that being the expert on the outside and then living it in real life is it's just two totally different things, right? There's just emotions that you didn't see coming. So, you know, you know, long story short that one night I found myself on the bathroom floor and I was crying and I was sitting there with a glass mm-hmm. of wine and just thinking like, you know, maybe everyone was right. Like maybe I didn't know what I was thinking, signing up for. Maybe I in over my head. And, you know, I made that a decision that day that I was going to do whatever it took to thrive in this role. So I was either going to get in my car and leave, or I was going to figure this out. And so I chose to figure it out. But when I went to the internet for support, cause you know, that's what you do when you're struggling, you Google, I was really disappointed with the type of support out there. There's still very much the stigma against stepmoms and, you know, the bio mom, versus stepmom. And, you know, there's just a lot of negativity and complaining and blaming. And mm-hmm. I found a lot of information that really, you know, would lead to a very high conflict situation. And for me, I knew that wasn't going to help. Right. I, I wanted to know how to improve relationships, how to, you know, find a way to co-parent, how to stop feeling consumed, mm-hmm. you know, cause I think anyone who is divorced or step parenting or anything, anyone in these situations can, 
relate to the fact that when something happens, whether it's a lawyer's letter or, you know, a triggering email from the ex, it can just rock your day. Oh yeah. And you know, it makes your heart beat. You feel this in the lump of like in your stomach, there's this lump in your stomach all day and you're consumed. And I didn't want to be like that. And I knew I didn't have to. So I really, you know, decided to create the type of support that I was looking for. So I dug deep, did a lot of work on myself and my family. And then I just started sharing it online and, you know, here we are. Yeah. And that's huge. Like the community that you have created filled such a gap and a need that was clearly missing, you know, and based on your own true experience and your, your own struggles, that's something that is powerfully resonating with a lot of people in your same position. So when you found yourself on the bathroom floor that day, like, okay, I'm either leaving or am I staying? How long were you into your marriage and step parenting when this was kind of all coming to a crux for you? So I would say it was a over almost two years in probably, but there were definitely moments before where I was very overwhelmed, but it was right after we had had our baby. So, you know, within a very short period of time, I became a stepmom to three and a mom of one. Mm-hmm. And it was like moving to a completely different country. And so there was just so much going on and so many different dynamics. And I really do feel like when you have your first child when you have stepchildren before you, you don't get that standard first time mom experience, right? You know, I had, I had my daughter and then there was still hockey. Like there was still kids to take care of. We still had to run our home. So it, I think a stressful time just became even more stressful. And I was just, it was a lot, right? Like, I think we can all agree having a baby's a lot than like throwing like three other kids and yeah. Yeah. Three other kids that also not yours, you know, I like how, how does that feel? Cause I know my partner and I are really in, involved in each other's lives. And so between us, we've got four kids. Um, we don't live together though. So that that's a little easier, but at the same time, you know, you think, I think you think when you're jumping into a relationship after divorce and maybe your husband felt this too, that it's going to be easy. Like we're, we're easy to get along with, right? Like I think of myself as, Oh, I get along with all my friends, kids, like I'm a likable person. This is not going to be a problem at all, but it is because it's almost like, there's this sense about you who you and who you are as the new partner and not the mom that kind of seems to get in the way of developing that, that closeness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was very lucky. Like I will say, I do have a good relationship with my stepkids, but it was definitely different based on how old they were when I came in. So, you know, my youngest stepson was five. And so mm-hmm. I very much became his go-to in, in the home, right. In terms of, you know, bath time and helping with homework and things like that. Cause my partner works a little later at night. So it just kind of happened naturally. We were very drawn to each other. You know, my middle stepson, our relationship didn't progress that same way. Cause he still had memories and feelings right. about his parents separating and, you know, kind of questions like what's going on here. He's the kid who will, who always would like listen to the adult conversations and know more than he should. And he's just always been very um, in tune with what's going on. Um, so we had a, maybe a different type of relationship. And then my stepdaughter was nine at the time. Mm -hmm. So her and I have always had, I never came in and tried to mother her. Like we were never, we didn't have anything like a mother daughter relationship, but I've always been this, like, I'd say like cool aunt mentor type person in her life. So 
the role that I play in three kids lives is very different based on, based on their age and their personalities. Yeah. And I could see that for sure. Based on age is a, is a big thing. And I deal a lot with, you know, clients who are on the fence about, you know, should I leave my marriage? Should I get divorced? What about the kids? Maybe I should wait till the kids are a bit older. Um, you, I got divorced four years ago. My kids were still a bit young, but still old enough to be like your oldest stepdaughter at the time when, um, when we're, you're not really, you still have all those memories from when your parents were together. And so you can't, you're not looking to, for that replacement of a, of a parent figure. And I always think about like, I don't know what is better when the kids are young and malleable and they don't have those memories and they're able to, you know, really adapt to a new person, or is it better to wait until afterwards? But I don't know. I think it's a catch 22. Yeah, I definitely think there's pros and cons to each scenario. I will say, you know, with the younger kids, they, they do adapt a lot better. So they don't have that same loyalty. I, I, from my experience, and this is like, you know, there's, it's not, there's no one size fits all approach, but when they're younger, they're not as worried about, you know, if I'm close with my stepmom, is it going to hurt my mom's feelings? Mm -hmm. Or if I, you know, go do this with my stepson, is it going to make my mom feel insecure? You know, they don't have that, those same worries where I feel like, as kids get older, they, again, are more in tune with what's going on. So you experience more of those loyalty binds. So if you have say a ex who is struggling with the end of the marriage, who is maybe dealing with some unhealed wounds around it, who is really, you know, hasn't fully processed and moved forward, chances are it's going to trickle into the relationship with the stepchild and the stepmom. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. Those loyalty binds are huge. And you're so right. You know, it, it allowing your child the permission to really like and enjoy time with your, you know, ex spouses and new partner and vice versa, I think is so it, it takes a lot of emotional maturity for one, for you to be able to have healed yourself, to move through that place and separate what, what's important for the kids maybe versus how you feel about that. But how did you navigate that, that bit? Because I know that that can be really, that can be really hard for the kids and then for yourself trying to figure out where you fit. Yeah. You know, for me, my big thing was to take my cues from the kids. That was really important. So my parents divorced when I was young and I was that child who like, anytime my dad would bring home a girlfriend, I was a nightmare, right? I really, <laughs> really struggled with their presence in my life. And I think it had to do with how my dad dealt with it, how, um, how I was feeling with the end of their marriage, um, how these women came in to, our lives. Like there were so many different factors, but I always reflect back on that. And I thought about what they did that triggered me. And so I was very cognizant of that. So I think it's really important, you know, for a stepmom to read the room and mm -hmm. pick up on those cues with the kids. So that would be the number one thing, you know, at the very beginning, I really didn't have a relationship with my husband's first wife. So it wasn't like I ever felt like I was overstepping because I didn't even no, if I was, you know, mm -hmm. we just kind of did our thing in our home. She did her thing in her home. And I think it really came to a head when we were in more extracurricular activities and, you know, hockey was really, you know, big and, you know, we had kids in hockey and there, sometimes we had like 14 ice times in a week, right. It was just insane. But 
you know, when the mom, all the moms are wearing the jerseys, does the stepmom wear the jersey or right. it's a mom's night out on oh. the hockey team? Like, do, do I go? And uh, so that was probably where I was like, okay, yeah, I'm going to go because I have created relationships and friendships with these other parents, but I was also cognizant of how that may make her feel as right. well. So it was kind of like, it was, it was tricky. Yeah. But by then you were also also the wife, you weren't just the girlfriend anymore. Yeah. yeah. Right. So you had a different level of belongingness in a way. Yeah. To some people. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Can't win over everyone, right? Everyone has right. their, has their opinions for sure. But yeah, that's, that's definitely more difficult and, you know, handling the parenting style. So like, as you guys went along and the kids get older and there is all the, this balance balancing act, did you have to start interacting with the biological mother more often? And how did that go? Yeah. So there, you know, it's really interesting. And I think that this is really important to bring up is that our relationship has ebbed and flowed throughout the years. So there have been times when we have been able to have wine and, you know, we're at a hockey, we were at a hockey tournament and she was having all the moms in her room for wine, which was, you know, convenient. Mm-hmm. And, uh, then she invited me to come. And so I, I went down and I, and I, I went down with them. We had a mutual friends at one point and there was a joint dinner. Uh, so there was times when we could all communicate and talk and, you know, I, I was really hopeful at that time. And then there's other times where it was like, you know, it was like, I didn't exist or, mm-hmm. you know, it was higher conflict. Maybe that's when my partner and her were maybe having issues, um, in their co-parenting. So it really has ebbed and flowed. And I think that's important to recognize is that your relationship with the ex can change. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times it does change based on where people are at in their whole, in their um, emotional journey with all of this, right. And how, how they are feeling, um, whether they're feeling extra triggered at certain times, or if they're feeling like they haven't dealt with certain things, or maybe you've triggered them in a certain way that you didn't even know that you had, you didn't know there was this moon there. So, um, I'm not sure if that really answers your question, but we've, we've had to kind of navigate that. And Mm -hmm. when it comes to the parenting piece, there have been times when we've, you know, been able to all come together and be like, okay, these are the rules. These are the expectations. Like let's get on the same page. But I think this is really important to remember that even if you're on the same page, it's, you're not on the same page. Like it's not ever going to be the exact same. So when you hold these expectations that the other house is going to do things in a certain way, and that doesn't happen, it can be very frustrating and it can Mm -hmm. make things even worse. Right. So I really recommend, you know, yes, you have very, it's good to have similar rules and, you know, structures, expectations, but stay true to what is working in your home and focus on that more than you focus on it being the same in both homes, because, you know, it just sets yourself up to, come into situations where maybe, you know, there's an exception to the rule that you don't agree with and it can create more conflict and it, it, it's hard, right? Cause you're not yeah. there. Yeah. And you really realize when you get divorced, the the difference of your parenting styles, because, you know, typically it's the mom who's had to do all of the caregiving up until now and setting the rules. And, and I'm, I'm not stereotyping, but I kind of am. And then the dad sort of follows suit, like you've just follow along. And then when your families are now put in two different homes, 
homes where now you each have autonomy over how that goes, you realize how different you handle certain things. And I know that that letting go of control, especially near the beginning when the kids are young and you want there to be the consistency and everything you read is about having, you know, be on the same page about the rules and the bedtime and then this and that, that, and you're trying your best to make sure that everything is consistent and balanced for the kids. And it just sends you into this, like, so this craziness of trying to balance things that are out of your control. And I know for me, I had to start to let go of, okay, are my kids safe? Are they happy? Are they fed? Are they, you know, adapting? That's really what matters right now. Maybe it's bigger issues. And at this stage, we're in teenagers. So bigger issues in terms of like their access to social media, screen time, those are the things that we can focus on. Okay. How do we want this to look? How can we maybe put some expectations and rules around this in each of our homes? But even then, you can't expect the other parent to follow suit with you. It doesn't happen. Yeah. And if you expect the other parent to be on the same page with you as screen time and are willing to go down that battle, like you're going to set yourself up for extra stress, right? Yeah. You know, that's, I, I do, I would say that's one of the things where it's like, okay, she's going to do what she's going to do it her house. We're going to do what we're going to do here. Um, for me, it's like, okay, let's teach these kids to be kind, contributing adults in society. Like, are we going to do whatever we can so that they grow up and have the life skills to make better choices? So, you know, as they're, when they're younger, talking to them about, you know, different things to watch out for and, you know, hanging out with the right people and and how to advocate for yourself and how to know when you're tired and how to listen to your body and that kind of stuff. I think if parents who are in co-parenting situations, when you don't agree with how things are happening at the other home, focus more on teaching your kids instead of trying to control what happens at the other house, you're going to raise kids that when they're 15, 16, 17, which by the way, they're not going to want to listen right at that point, they're they're figuring out who they are. They have the life skills to, to make those decisions for themselves. So they're like, Oh, you know, maybe dad doesn't make me do homework, but this is really important to me. And I know how to study and I know how to manage my time. So I'm going to implement that now. Right. So it's like teaching them all the things they need to know so that they have that ability to do that when the opportunity presents itself and when they choose. That is so true. That is such a good point because we do have to set them up to be independent. And now that they're in a divorced situation of two different homes, they kind of have to be more independent than what they typically would have been if they were all under one roof and, you know, one person was doing all the controlling, but I think that's so valuable to teach them those self-regulation skills, checking with yourself. How does this make me feel? What do I think about this? And then being able to have those conversations with your kids in your home about that. Like I know for me, I was trying to set screen time rules and there was negotiation around like what time it should be and why it should be this and what I thought about it and what my kids thought about it. And even in that, in that in itself is being able to provide an environment for your kids where their viewpoint can be heard. You know, they're, they're not going to be judged. They're not going to be controlled based on what they think, but we're going to have open conversations about how can we make this work for us in this house? Or how can we make this work for both of us so that you guys feel heard and that you're getting your needs met as well as I feel like I've done the right thing as, as a parent protecting you and your safety. Yeah, for sure. And there's one thing I do want to point out, you know, we, we also have to check ourselves as parents. So if we don't agree, so say you don't agree with how much your ex is allowing, you know, say your stepson's on Xbox 
all last weekend. Like he was literally like sat in the basement and was on Xbox all weekend. Right. Mm -hmm. And that makes you want to lose your mind because he's so much screen time. Da, da, da. Okay. Is it that big of a deal? Right. Like, let's check ourselves here. Like, is it that big of a deal? Like, is that going to affect the type of person that he be like that weekend exception? Is it, you know, 10 years from now, is that going to make or break his success? Because sometimes right. we get caught up in these things. Like, I don't know about you. I spent a lot of time playing Donkey Kong and Mario Kart like, on Super <laughs> Nintendo. Totally. And that was before anyone was talking about screen time. And I, I think I turned out okay. Yeah. You know, I had dishes <laughs> in my room. Um, I didn't really listen to my parents. I tried to get rid of my dad's girlfriends for sport. Like it wasn't, it wasn't <laughs> ideal, but I figured it out because yeah. I had the life skills to do so. Yeah, totally survived. Yeah, exactly. I couldn't see the floor of my bedroom and all that stuff, but you're right. Like we don't think about, you know, that we are okay too in those situations. And yeah, maybe you have like a couple weekends like that. What is the big deal? They totally understand. It is that you have to give yourself as parents, some, some slack, like we have to be able to allow some space for us to just be us and let our kids be kids, you know, instead mm -hmm. of trying to control their every moment. And, and in our generation, like in this generation now, it's a, a little bit different than in our generation, you know, like the screen time was there for sure, but it isn't quite as much as it, as it definitely is now. I mean, we all depend on it and you weren't necessarily going out and running and playing in this, in the street until, you know, the street lights came on. I mean, I'm older than, older than you. So it was a bit more like that for me, but <laughs> like it was a bit more unstructured uh, and we didn't have activities when I was growing up, like we do now, like it's so, so structured. Yeah, but it's a different time. I, yeah, it is. But at the same time, what you're saying is like to, to create those same underlying values and self-regulation and really be able to allow the kids to become their own people too. Yeah, no, for sure. And you're going to be more irritated and you're going to be more triggered by your ex letting your kid have an exception to the rule then yeah. you probably are about you doing the same thing, right? Like we're, we're definitely more critical of the ex and their parenting when sometimes it's kind of aligned with what we would do if we need to, you know, make an exception too. So I think there's, you have to be cognizant of that as well. I think that's so true. Cause I think too, we don't want to be seen as the unfun parent. You know, yeah. there's that underlying fear of like, oh my gosh, if I'm too strict, my kids aren't going to want to live with me when they get that chance to make a choice. Which you is know? true. They might not want to, right? And Fair at enough. that point, they will make those choices. So I think we do, you know, people will say, my house, my rules, you know, I, I get to do it exactly how we want to do it 100%. However, the goal is to have a relationship with our children based on trust and respect so that they choose to have a relationship with us mm -hmm. when they have that choice. Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree. I was just having that conversation actually with my partner last night about how, well, one day they'll get to pick. And part of me is like, I don't really want them to have to feel like they have to pick, you know, like part of my job, I feel like we've done well when my kids go through their teenage years and we're not fighting for more time or, or, you know, one isn't deciding to move in with mom or with dad, because we are allowing these balanced homes where they feel like they want to be in both. Yeah. Cause it's actually their time, right? Often yeah. as, as parents were like, well, it's my time with the kids. It's like, no, it's actually the kid's time. Mm -hmm. Totally is. And I think that that's such an important reminder to, to think about too, that once they get older, they're going to have a little bit of a say. Um, but we're gonna, share. Yeah. yeah no, I'm 
share. Exactly. Well, we're going to get into a little bit more of that right after this break. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. All of us know that it is next to impossible to make rational, logical, and even smart decisions from a place of fear. Most times, if we are in a place of fear and uncertainty, we won't make a decision at all. Cindy Stibbard, founder of Divorce Redefined, professional divorce and decision coaching, supports many individuals and couples at this stage who are unhappy and unfulfilled, who are either currently in the process of divorce or just only contemplating the idea of separation. Does this sound like you? If it does, you are not alone. Text DIVORCE to 602-200-6446 to book your free call. Those who choose to work with Cindy are wise and brave enough to realize that they need to know more before they're able to make such a big life decision. Working with a divorce and decision coach at these stages is the smartest investment you could make for yourself and your family. And it will almost always set you up for a better outcome, whether you choose the path of divorce or not. There have even been many individuals and couples who have decided to give their marriage another shot after working with Cindy. Because what she offers at Divorce Redefined is different. You don't have to only be getting a divorce to benefit from her professional guidance. Cindy offers a unique element in addition to her popular divorce services called decision coaching. Decision coaching is a type of guided support that is meant to help couples get out of that indecision purgatory. Modeled after her training at the Doherty Relationship Institute, Cindy Stibbard's decision coaching approach is specifically designed to do just that, help couples come to a decision, whether to take one more shot at reconciliation or whether it's better to prepare for divorce. Regardless of the direction taken, couples on the brink finally find the clarity and confidence to know whatever they decide, it is what's best for their family. As a divorce and decision coach and certified divorce specialist, Cindy Stibbard is an advocate of healthy relationships, whether a couple chooses to separate or try to stay together. She provides new insights, education, guidance, emotional support, and understanding of the many possible options for both individuals and couples who are in the process of uncoupling. At the end of the day, as Maya Angelou once said, when we know better, we do better. This is exactly the focus and purpose of working with Cindy. Are you considering separation or currently in the process of divorce and feeling overwhelmed, afraid, and confused about what this means for your future and that of your children? Do you want to do this right and make choices without regret? If you still aren't sure, ask yourself this. If I'm still in this exact place six months to a year from now, am I going to be okay with that? If your answer is no, Cindy is ready for you. Book a free confidential discovery call with Cindy at Divorce Redefined today. Text DIVORCE to 604-200-6446. That's text DIVORCE to 604-200-6446 to book your free discovery call today. You don't have to do this alone. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. are listening to Divorce Redefined, changing the experience of divorce with Cindy Stibbard. If you have a question for Cindy or her guests, join us on the show at 888-346-9141. That's 888-346-9141. Now back to the show. Here is Cindy Stibbard. 
Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Divorce Redefined. I am here with my special guest, Jamie Scrimger. She's a life coach who specializes in step family dynamics. She creates digital content about all things parenting, step parenting, entrepreneurship, and living a kick-ass life. So we're back talking about the kids and how we manage kids in our life and being a step parent. Um, and Jamie, I wanted to gear this into, you know, when you are step parenting and you are creating that, that balance in two different homes and especially in our own home, how do you handle different parenting styles? Because I know for me, you know, where do you, where's the line cross between like the biological parent and then yourself as a step parent and how much of the discipline factor do you get involved with? How much of the rules setting, like, where do you see, how does that all work from your point of view? Well, yeah, I think see, there's no one size fits all approach. So Mm -hmm. there's some stepmoms who come in and and they are, you know, basically like the mom of the home and they come up with the rules. They participate in discipline. The kids respond to that. And that's great. Um, and then there's other situations where they're just struggling so much to have that role and be able to discipline and be seen as a parent and that kind of stuff. And, you know, I think the main difference there is that they haven't built that relationship. You know, you have to build a relationship of trust and, you know, just that foundation before you come in and discipline step, your sub kids. Mm-hmm. And you have to be on the same page as your partner when it comes to the rules, because they're not going to back you up if not. So there's a lot of stuff that needs to happen before you can effectively come in and and do that. And, you know, I'll talk from my perspective, like the very beginning, you know, my husband and I had rules and expectations. We were pretty much on the same page about a lot of things. Well, not a lot of things, most things, but then there were things we weren't on the same page about, and we would fight like crazy about it because, you know, I thought something should be one way and he thought mm-hmm. something should be another. And, you know, ultimately he could trump me because he's like, quote unquote, the real parent, but, you know, it got to the point for me and you have to say, okay, is, is this working? Right. Like, is my involvement working here? You know, is this causing issues in my marriage? Like what, what is, what is happening here? Right. Mm-hmm. Like, am I, is this my ego thinking that this is how things should be? And that was a really, really big eye opener for me because sorry, we just got kids coming home in the door here. So no, uh, you know, that was a really big eye opener for me because for the longest time I was like, I'm a parent, I should be respected in this home. Like I get to decide too. And it became this power struggle. Right. And I had to check my ego and really decide what was worth the battle and if it was working. So as the kids got older, I, I stopped participating in those disciplinary conversations. I let my partner take the lead because I've learned something. The teenagers are a heck of a lot more forgiving of their quote unquote real parents than they are their step parents. Right. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. I used to get into blowouts with my stepson about things because, you know, he wasn't following through or he wasn't respecting me. And if I was home alone with him, like I would be like, no, you need to respect me. You know, you're grounded. They're this, they're that. And it affected our relationship for weeks. Yeah. So I think a really big thing for step parents is to pick and choose where you're going to, where you're going to be involved when it comes to those rules. And when you do that and you don't have something to say about everything, when you do have a hard no come in, you're heard, you're heard more, yeah. right? Because it's not like you're having something to say about everything. Now you're like, no, actually, I usually let this slide, but this is a hard no for me in my home. 
Yeah. Totally. I think that's so, that's so true is to really be cognizant about that relationship with them. And how do you apply that then to like the co-parenting relationship between like the biological parents? Because I know that that often impacts like how, how your partner might handle situations with his ex-partner and how that impacts. Like sometimes I see that dynamic. It's like, oh my gosh, you want so badly for your partner to like stand up for themselves or they've been taken for a ride or they're just being constantly like abused or micromanaged. And you're like, seriously, do you not see this? (laughs) And then you try to get yourself involved as the other partner. And, you know, I'm, I'm sure that's happened for you guys. Yeah, no, it definitely has. And for the longest time, I would get on my husband about how he was responding, you know, saying, oh, well, you need to say this, or you need to do this, or why are you letting Mm -hmm. her do this? And my goal was never to understand why. My goal was just to get him to do things how I wanted him to do things because I felt like my way was right. Mm. And I think it's important to remember when your partner is fighting with their ex, they're not just fighting about this issue. Like you've come in partway through this story. Mm-hmm. So you're not fighting about just this issue. You're fighting about that time. He was kind of a dink at Christmas and you know, the way she felt maybe unloved at, during certain periods of their marriage. Like there's so it's loaded. There's so much more to the equation. So right. just kind of understanding that. And then the other big thing that I really found helpful is to start asking why, like, okay, this is how I feel like you should respond to this. And this is why, why are you responding this way? Mm -hmm. And often when I gave him the chance to explain, you know, that he was looking at the bigger picture and that he was doing something because he didn't want to, he he'd say, poke the bear is his, his analogy. Mm -hmm. And I would understand more, right? I didn't always agree, but I could understand. And I think that's what's important, especially in the, you know, dealing with the ex and also dealing with your stepkids. If you don't agree with rules in the home, why, why do they think this is important? Why is this something they value? Why mm-hmm. is this their reaction right. instead of just going in with your own? That's yeah, that is super true. And having those conversations, cause that can be, that's super important too. You know, why are you reacting that way? Or why are you choosing that? I totally can see that. I think sometimes for partners, it comes from a place of being protective. Like I want you to stand in your power. I want you to have some say in this and not always let the other side have control over everything, you know? And so I think it comes from a place of good intention, But yeah, it's a fine line between how much do we involve ourselves in that or just let it sort of flow and happen and have conversations about, you know, the why. So true. Mm -hmm. So true. Yeah. The why. And, you know, as a stepmom, it's very easy to come on in and do all the parenting and try to take over, right? Take over Mm -hmm. the parenting, take over the documenting for court. Okay. No, it's okay. I'll respond to this. I'll do this. We go all in and we try to do all the things. And then we end up getting resentful because we're not appreciated or we're not seen as a mom or we're not seen as a parent. And, you know, we feel very much good enough until we're not. Yes. And I think it's very important. Um, do you know, Terry Cole? Yes. Oh my God. Terry Cole boundary boss. So she talks a lot about, you know, high functioning codependency. And if you're responding to your partner's stressors with the ex or the kids with more urgency than they are, like as if it's your own, Mm -hmm. you got to check yourself, right? Like check yourself on how involved you are. And why is this triggering you so much? 
Right. What is this about? What are you scared of here? Right. Mm -hmm. And I think it's important for us as stepmoms or anyone in co-parenting relationships be like, okay, what, what is this actually about? Cause there's something else. It's not about the screen time. It's not about the child support. It's not about, you know, whatever your stepkids doing, it's something else. There's something mm-hmm. deeper. Yeah. Oh yeah. I think for sure that is so true. And it's, it's often about, you know, who you are in the role that you play in that family. And this reminds me actually of some content that you posted a while back, which just like, I was like, oh my gosh, it hit me so hard when you talked about the relationship with the, the ex-partner, um, that it's not about you, but it's about what you represent. I'm not, I'm not giving you justice in terms of how you said it, but yeah, that type of concept. So tell us more about that because that hit me. And I was like, yes, oh my God, Mm -hmm. that's so true. Yeah. So, you know, sometimes stepmoms are not accepted or it's like, oh, well, you, you can't do that for my kid. You, you know, need to know your role. You need to know your place. And there's a lot of, you know, ego that comes into it. Right. And often when it comes to the ex-wife and stepmom relationship, it's not about the stepmom as a person. It's about what the stepmom represents. Mm -hmm. So, even if you didn't want to be with your partner or your ex-partner and you've moved on, it's like, oh, well, that represents the life I thought we'd have. That represents the lost time I'm having with, I I don't get to get with my children because they're with another woman. That represents, you know, whoa, that family vacation. I really thought that I would live a life that we would go on those types of family vacations or, you know, what Christmas morning would look like, or just like the end of your marriage. There's so many things that a stepmom represents that have nothing to do with that woman as a person. It's just what it represents for the ex in their life. Yes. And it gets caught in that stopping at the person, you know, Mm -hmm. and you had said the other day, also on your post talked about hurt people, hurt people, you know? And so you think about that, like I have to bring myself back to when there's conflict on, you know, in our co-parenting foursome that we have going on when there's conflict, I often think, okay, what is, what is really going on here? Because there's still a lot of underlying pain and anger from the loss of the life that maybe the other side is still kind of trying to come to terms with, you know? But I think it's hard when you are, I mean, I can't say I was the one that left my marriage, but I can imagine it's much harder for the one who was left to have to now adjust to all these changes that they never really wanted in the first place. Yeah. And they do say uh, for the most part, women actually take longer to move on than Mm -hmm. men. Um, just from the emotional Mm -hmm. standpoint for the most part, however, you know, I think it's loaded for women. I think men are able to compartmentalize things just better than women are. We're, we're more complicated. I think, I think we attribute a lot more emotion to certain situations and things are a lot more complicated, but yeah, hurt, like the way someone treats you is more about them than it is about you. 100%. Right. So Mm -hmm. think about it. Like when you're, when you're not taking care of yourself or you're feeling insecure, you're feeling triggered, you're feeling like you're not maybe on the same page as your partner. And something happens with the ex, 
you're more likely to lose your mind about it than if you, everything else is great in your life. You're like, okay, well, whatever. I just, I'm not giving that time and energy. Right. Right. So sometimes it's easier to project what we're going through or project our own pain and suffering on someone else and blame other people than really dive into what's actually going on with us. It's, it's a defense mechanism, right? People who are happy and content don't try to make other people's lives more difficult. They don't try to start conflict. They, they, they don't, that's just, they're just living their happy life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. Where if you truly are happy, then you can let things go, you know. And but you know, when you're dealing with high conflicts on the other side, it can be really tricky because they don't see it that way. They think they feel you're the one causing problems. You know, it's there's this, that constant balance too. Um, but I was, I don't know if you've read Brenny Brown's new book. She, I haven't, but it's on my list. Oh, it's so good. And she, she has this quote in there that says, you know, when people are, are behaving hateful and cruel or literally just being assholes, they're showing us exactly what they're afraid of. So sometimes when we're in that conflict of like co-parenting, it brings me back to that quote thinking, okay, what's, what's going on here? What's really, what are they really trying to share with us and show us at this time, which is causing them to be behaving this way. Mm-hmm. 100%. Right. And I do think that's a tricky thing to grasp because there was times when I would hear quotes like that and be like, what are you even talking about? Right. <laughs> and then you get to the point where it all clicks and you're like, oh yeah. And mm-hmm. it's typically when you're at that point in your own personal growth and acceptance and healing. Yeah. And I think that you, that's just it. Exactly. You have to go through that personal growth journey to even be able to understand and conceptualize what a quote like that even means on a deeper level and be able to show some empathy and compassion for other people's hurt and pain and try to separate it from what you're going through yourself. Yeah. Um, what about, I want to talk about what about like parenting differences? Like, so you guys have a step kids and now you have your, your own baby together. Do you find there's any difference between, you know, how do you handle it when, do all the kids receive all the same things all the time? Are they all like bought the same things? You all budget the same on them? Or do you find that sometimes it's different between like your own child with your husband versus the stepkids with the husband? You know, like, are there differences in terms of like get versus what my kid gets? Like, I sometimes see that, like that difference because I mean, it is true. Your own child feels different to you than than your stepkids, but at the same time, there's also that whole extra rules on the other side of how much those kids get. I mean, I maybe I'm not being clear, but I'm like at Christmas no, I time, totally get it. you know, like some kids, half the kids get lots of presents and the other half don't get as many because, you know, certain parents are buying certain gifts. So it's a bit confusing. Do you ever have that to deal with? Yeah, no, for sure. You know, we have, it's different because Reese is so much younger than the other kids. So it's a lot easier, I think, but our big thing is, you know, sometimes fair isn't equal, right? Mm. So, you know, come Christmas time, the kids have two Christmases. They get to have Christmas with their mom and they get to have Christmas with us. And Reese only gets Christmas with us. Mm -hmm. So we go on like Santa comes here on Christmas morning, right? If the kids are here, Santa comes for the kids, all of us. And everyone has that same Christmas. If they're with their mom. If it's their mom's Christmas, then Reese gets that. And then we do something else later. So she does end up getting more than them on Christmas because they're getting another Christmas. Right. right. So I've been really vocal about that. Cause I'm like, you know, it's not fair that 
her life shouldn't stop when they're at their mom's house because their life isn't stopping. Mm-hmm. So we do have conversations like, you know, there's been times when we've gone to the cottage with Reese and not the other kids because they're doing something with their mom that weekend. Like it's not fair for Reese just to have to sit around and wait until everyone's home. Right. So right. I was very vocal about that. But when it comes to rules and expectations, I would say, you know, Darren does get the final say. So there's times when I don't agree. And I'm like, do you want my opinion? And he'll say, no. I said, okay. Right. And (laughs) it's taken a long time for us to get to that point, Mm -hmm. but I'll say, okay. Um, but then when it comes to any disagreements, I'd say with Reese, I would say I probably have the Trump card, right? Like I, well, I'm her mom and I'm here and I'm going to too bad. So sad. Right. So (laughs) there definitely is that, (laughs) that difference, but I think, being becoming a mom was a very humbling experience for me because there were a lot of things that I thought the kids shouldn't be able to do, or I had expectations of them and, and I had no experience with kids. So some of them weren't really age appropriate. And I would say I was probably more strict with my stepkids than I am with my daughter, just because I didn't know any better. Mm -hmm. Right. Like she, I've really, they really taught me a lot about parenting and right. having kids and the lessons that you learn and that kind of stuff. So I'm grateful for that. And I'm sure Reese is grateful for that, but they definitely got the stricter version of me. <laughs> I mean, it is so true. Your kids really change you and they open you up to a whole world that you didn't know. I mean, I completely understand how that goes for sure. Um, and I love that you have this great little blended family. And does Reese look at your stepkids and think like, these are my siblings? Yeah, she does. She Aww. definitely does. And, you know, it's really nice today while I was on this call, my stepdaughter was able to go pick her up from school. So, you know, my stepdaughter's 19 and she's, she's seven. So they have a very different sibling relationship, right? Like mm-hmm. she's almost like her mini mom and it's been just really beautiful to watch them. And what I love about it is that, you know, she's the thing we all have in common. Yeah. And Uh, she's, you know, the thing that brings us all together. So if there, if we don't have anything to talk about, we can always talk about the stunts that Reese pulls because there's really a never a dull moment with that little girl. (laughs) Oh, and like, and when you don't have the the stepkids, how does she handle that? Or she's just so used to it by now. She used to get really sad. Like it was when she was younger, it was hard because she'd be walking in the rooms, like wondering where they are, or if it was drop off day, she would have some pretty big, um, meltdowns, but you know, it ebbed and flowed and we've always been really like, okay, like age appropriate truth. Right. So Mm -hmm. she's so funny now. She's like, so dad was married to the kid's mom and they lived in this house and then they decided not to be married anymore. And then, so my dad decided to marry my mom and then they had me and they're not married anymore, but they probably used to kiss. (laughs) Like, so she says like (laughs) these things and the kids will be like, okay, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Thank you for the like little play by play, the recap, <laughs> we were always about, we share them with our mom. So that was our big thing. Mm, that's nice. That's good. I love that, that what you've created with them. I think that's huge. Um, and what do you, what do you think are some of the biggest tips that you would give, you know, new stepmoms going into situations like this? Cause I know that it's so easy to get yourself in a relationship, get remarried. We see it all the time after divorce, people remarry pretty quick, often with kids. And we don't often know what we're getting ourselves into. And, you know, you realized it the hard way, which led you into what you're doing now. What would you tell your old self back then that, you know, now? 
Well, I would have got a therapist right away. <laughs> yeah. um, I would have got a therapist right away. I, you know, I think when we go into blended families, we have the expectation that they're going to function like a first family mm-hmm. and they're not, they're not going to function like a first family. And so I think it's having realistic expectations about how things are going to be. And then, you know, as stepmoms, we sometimes, well, we, we tend to go all in and do all the things and show up and feel like we have to do everything and be the mom in the house. And, uh, we take on so much and then you almost get resentful because you're, you're feeling overwhelmed and unappreciated. And sometimes you can get trumped and all those things. So I, I would really focus on building those relationships prior to going in and being the parent. Um, because, you know, again, you want to have these long-term relationships. And for me, the most important thing, we made a shift a few years ago and I said, my number one priority is the vibe of this home. Mm-hmm. How do I want these kids to feel when they look back on their childhood? How do they feel when they walked into this home? Do they feel safe? Do they feel supported? Do they feel loved? Do they feel like they can come to us with anything that they have going on? Like, is it a safe space? And um, anything above and beyond that is is extra. Mm-hmm. I think that's huge. I think it's huge that you can create that environment for them. I think as long as they've got that one home that they know is that stable place where they can unload emotionally, it's going to be safe. It's non-judgmental. You're going to provide for them on that level. That is what kids need. You know, they need to know that they have that safety net with you guys. And and therapy is key. Like, I mean, I am, I am like a therapist, therapy addict. Like I just love the constant self-work, like the Terry Cole stuff, the the therapy of my own, like the Brené Brown, like you name it. Like I'm just constantly listening to something to pick something up. And the co-parenting therapy, I think is just so valuable. If you can get everyone to be on board with that. And I know that it's difficult to sell sometimes. Um, Mm -hmm. It's so important because it's not about digging up how you feel about you, you, and you. It's about putting in some, you know, strategies and communication in place so that everyone feels like we are still part of this huge family. Yes, it looks different. Yes, it's restructured. Doesn't mean it's any less important or valuable or that any love is is different. It's just, it looks different than what a traditional family looks like. It's so important. Um, Did you guys go as a family? No, we've never gone to therapy. I would have just gone by myself, but no, we've never went to therapy, but you know, here's one thing I do want to point out is that even if your ex doesn't want to do that, even if they don't want to have that type of relationship or go to therapy, you can still go on your own. And it is possible to have a healthy relationship with someone who doesn't want to have a healthy relationship with you. True. Right. So you can keep doing that work and set the foundation for the success on your end, even if it's not a collaborative effort. Yeah. And that's hard to take, to deal with sometimes, but I think that's pretty much the norm. None <laughs> of this way. is easy. No, it isn't. <laughs> this, oh. this all sounded great. This whole podcast sounded really great, but like, <laughs> just so everyone knows, this is all really freaking hard. <laughs> really, really hard. And I'm so grateful for you to be here today. And we could talk about this all day. So I'm really appreciative of your time um, and coming on here. Thank you so much. And just as we wrap up, please tell everyone where they can find you. Yeah. You guys can find me at jamiescrimger.com. I'm on Instagram. I'm on Facebook and I have a membership for stepmoms who are just looking for some extra support. And if you don't want to do coaching, but they want to get those next level interviews and conversations and, and find out how to, you know, navigate these tricky situations that we find ourselves in. And so that's the exclusive stepmom community all up on my website. 
Love it. And don't forget your, your podcast, your podcast. Oh is yes. Amazing. I have a podcast, the kick-ass demon podcast. Yeah. Yeah. And everyone should listen to it because it is so great. You have some amazing guests on there and those conversations are so powerful. So thank you, Jamie. Thank you so much for being here today. I really appreciate it. And thanks to everyone out there listening. Um, I hope you enjoyed today's show and I look forward to seeing you all again next week. Thank you for listening to Divorce Redefined, changing the experience of divorce. We hope Cindy and her guests were able to put your mind at ease and help you make the right decision for your marriage. We wish you a beautiful week.